everyone. Welcome to episode 89 of the Scallion no. Pancade Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. <laughs> no, it is 89. I'm Yvonne Ackerman. <laughs> It's 88. <laughs> and I'm Chris Coleman. Wow, what a Chris way. Chris Coleman got right in the middle of this marital <laughs> argument at the beginning. You'll see. I don't know. The Chris Coleman will, listens. He knows. The record will prove me right. <laughs> Chris Coleman from anyway, Stoke. It, yeah. Here it, in the studio with us. Very excited. Very exciting. He might be our number one fan, too. He's listened to pod. a lot. I probably am. How did you discover, like, <laughs> yeah, what, how did you what discover the pod? Um, was it? Ashley Boyd. Yes. Like, she posted on Facebook that... Uh, she had done this, and I was like, I didn't even know they had a pod. That's awesome. Because I really just started listening to pods. I'm not a podcast listener. When do you uh, listen? Like uh, To and from work. Just when you're driving? And then, like, walking the dog. Yeah, yeah, I like to listen when I'm walking the dogs, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're honored that you are a listener and that you're here with us, and we actually dined with you last night at Stokes yes. for the new... Is it, is it like the spring menu? Is it spring, summer? Yeah, it was like spring, and we launched it like a month and a half ago, but you guys were kind of busy doing you know, <laughs> out-of-town travels and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so you got like a late spring version, because gotcha. summer is going to come out probably in the next few weeks. So how often do you change stuff at Stoke? Seasonally. Um, we go by like what we call the farmer's market calendar. Um, so... You know, it's not really summer until tomatoes and corn come in, even though it's like 95 degrees outside the day. Um, when does that like, happen? Uh, usually like mid-June. And then okay. that kind of peaks like the beginning of July. Like July 4th is when like tomatoes, corn, watermelon are like all at their peak. So All the staples. Yeah. So really we get a lot of people are already launching their summer menus now. We'll do it more like mid to late June and run that until... Probably mid to late September. Is that when squash comes in, or what comes in then? Yeah, so we've already got we're already getting like squashes and uh, in like squashes zucchini. and zucchinis and stuff. Yeah, that uh, kind of like cucumbers summer are starting to come yeah. in now. We just got our first cherries in yesterday oh. from Burton Farm, so we're super excited. We about love that. cherries. Yes. What are you going to do with those? We're playing around. We're playing around with a beets and cherries dish right now. That's oh. I think for like an for appetizer. Uh, for like a small plate. Nice. So, that's right. Because yeah, you guys do this. Yeah, small. one of the things we're going to start doing in Stoke soon is shifting our menu from right now it's kind of traditional where it's like small plates, large plates and side dishes. And we're going to start to change all of everything into small plates. Um, oh. Oh. This whole kind of like choose your own adventure. So proteins, all of it. So you can do more yeah. of like a tapas style. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, I like that. So. Yeah. Well, since we were talking about corn, I, I know we're, I'm skipping ahead just a little, Jason. Don't yes, be, Don't be mad. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. He's getting a lot better. Um, I just... I've been thinking about the hush puppies that we had last night that you made, and they were made with this special cornmeal. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted you to talk about that because it's like it's burned in my brain. They were the best hush puppies I've ever had. And we know Yvonne, you know her corn fear. I didn't know if you knew. We know her corn fear. Oh, that's right. I forgot. No, but I mean, I, but when it's, but when it's (laughs) single origin corn from, and then Chris Coleman made it, like I didn't bat an eye. I had to, but, um, yeah, tell us about those. Yeah, so um, a few years ago, I did an event up in uh, at Duke University in uh, Durham with um, Vivian Howard and um, yes. Jay Pierce was there when he was still here at Rock Salt. Wait, is Vivian Howard is that the chef of Farmer? Yeah, um, okay. and David Bauer, who is a uh, baker up in the Asheville area, and his bakery is Farm and Sparrow, and he got really kind of sick of. Um, conventional grains and stuff. So he started 
milling. And he started buying all of the grain and all of the corn and everything from specific farms and then milling them individually and not mixing them with anything else. So he called it like single origin milling, kind of like single origin chocolate or coffee or anything. Um, and so even though it's like the same you know, type of corn from the same farmer, it's going to taste different from season to season. Bless you. Um, it's going to taste different <laughs> Thanks, from uh, season to season. I muted myself on. just for the record, so <laughs> no one would have known. He's uh, well, over here but I'm sneezing kind, aggressively. <laughs> yeah, bless you. Um, Stroking out. So, um, you know, it, it the corn changes from season to season because of the, the soil, um, you know, how much it's rained, how hot it is, whatever. Um, so I find that interesting because I'm kind of a food geek, and I love geeking out on stuff like that. So anyway... David Bauer reached out to me about six to eight months ago and said that he had grown his milling operations to a scale where he could start to deliver um, some of his flowers and some of his cornmeals and stuff. And was I interested? And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm interested. Like, that sounds amazing. And, you know, he's been nominated for a beard a couple of times for, like, best baker in America and, like... I've been to his pizza shop in Asheville. It's awesome. And, we need to do that. Um, really, really good stuff. So then he came down to visit and show us everything. I was like, here's a list of all the other chefs in town you should probably talk to. And he was like, well, it's not quite that big yet. We don't really want to. We're like picking and choosing who we want to work with. And I was like, oh, who else are you going to work with in Charlotte? And he said, you and Haymaker. And I was like, that's a really short list. Like, I'm super honored that I'm on a, on a short list of two people. And Haymaker um, has an Asheville connection, too. Right, so exactly. like So I think, more that, I think that Billy had been using his stuff up in Asheville. Um, so anyway, I think that he did eventually get it big enough. They just renovated an old church in Asheville and turned that into a mill house, which is pretty cool, um, and now have gotten to the space where they're milling for a ton of chefs around town. Um, and it's, it's all this single origin stuff that, that he's milling just for that particular chef or that particular restaurant. Does he bring it down to you personally or at he this does. point is he shipping yeah. it? Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. They do ship through Freshlist, um, which is a really cool company here in town that delivers from a bunch of local farms to chefs and restaurants. But, um, he does still deliver, um, every other week to like his original customers. So that's awesome. Well, is that part of the reason why like, you know, the bread in Europe is so much better? Do they use more single origin stuff? And here we just like mix a bunch of shit and it makes you feel terrible and bloated. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just never true of bread in, in Europe. I think know? a lot of it has to do with the flour. Like, yeah, I think it's the they, purity. I think it's like probably when it's milled, how it's milled, um, the freshness of it. I mean, you know, America's gotten a lot of things right, but it's gotten a whole lot of things wrong in, in terms of our scale of food and, you know, that flour that's sitting on the shelf at the grocery store. Who knows when it was milled, where it was milled, where it came from, how yeah. long it's been sitting there. So there's a lot of that to do with it, too. Yeah. Well, so these these hush puppies, so they fry up a little bit darker because you were saying normally places cut the cornmeal with flour and right. you're just using that pure... Yeah, ours is um, it's a mixture of Tuxapino and Landrace um, corns. So um, it's those two corns, a little bit of garlic... Um, a little bit of onion powder and buttermilk. And that's about it. Drizzled um, with honey, right? Right. Oh, my. And then served with cultured butter. Cultured butter. Which I ate with a fork a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More yeah. Than so once. we let the, um, we take some cream um, and we let it kind of sit around for a few days until it starts to get a little funky. Uh, and the then best. we whip it and turn it into butter. So 
whip it real good. Whip it real good. <laughs> is that whip one of shape. yeah, right into shape? Is that one of your most popular menu items right yeah, now? Yeah, people love hush puppies. I figured because um, it's a comfortable thing. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like it. It's um, it's a nod to my past too. So because my first job ever was at a fish camp. Which oh, is fish like camp. a fried fish spot. So a term I never heard until Steve's. I moved here. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was at Captain's Galley, not Captain Steve's, but, uh, you know. Well, the, the Galley and Steve's is always yeah, like... Yeah, arch rivals. Yeah, it was like the Jets and the Sharks, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> is that. Are those places... Where were those places exactly? Uh, One was in Fort Mill. Oh. Yeah, Steve's is in Fort Mill. There's still a couple galleys around, too, but the galley that okay. I worked at was in Huntersville. Wow. So well, the, go ahead, Jason. It's funny because before this pod, she's like, I don't feel good. Let me steer. But I always say that. And then she just takes over. And then I'm worried about like what will happen if I let Jason <laughs> take the reins. And I just am like pushed through. As you should be worried because you never know where it's going to go yeah. with me. But you, why don't you ask a question, Jason? Um, what's your favorite color? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm yellow pants. Proven right again. We're both wearing Yeah, you guys pants. are both so colorful. It's summer outside. Yeah. yeah. Hot as hell. Even though we just talked about our summer menus not dropping <laughs> yeah. for three weeks. No, it's not it's hot. Quite you hot go enough. by the summer solstice, which I respect. <laughs> yes. Um, the okay, so you you grew up here. Yeah. How did you decide you wanted to get into food? Um, I've always been into food, and I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> so, were you cooking <laughs> really. from a young age? Uh, yeah. Um, like while the other kids would like play outside and stuff, and I still played outside. I played sports and stuff, but. Um, I was always fascinated with how the food got to the table. Um, and I grew up in like such an ideal setting that, um, I would love to be able to recreate for my kids, but it won't happen because of the hours that I work. Um, but like my mom didn't work, so she made dinner every night. I would come home from school. We would like do our homework. We'd go outside and play for a little bit come inside and there'd be dinner like on the table and dad would get home from work and we'd all sit down around the table and eat. It was a very, wow. you know, 1980 sitcom like. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, we're all that together <laughs> kind of thing. Um, it sounds great. But I. And his I, parents never yelled at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Did your mom wear like a really Fact. full skirt? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Hello, darling. A hoop skirt. <laughs> yeah. She rang the dinner bell. Um, no, but um, I just, I, I loved that sense that you know, we were all like family. We're all care about each other. We're sitting around the table. We're like literally breaking bread together. Um, and uh, so I, I think that my love of food came from that first, like that sense of togetherness and family and like hospitality, even to people that you like live with. You know what I mean? Um, so then I got interested in like, okay, how does the food get here? And I started cooking a little bit um, and like mom taught me a few things. Um, I got a job in a restaurant. Like I said, when I was 14, we used to go to Captain's Galley, which I just mentioned, um, probably once every three weeks or so, um, or once a month. And I love that. And they had these, we would always sit next to the doors into the kitchen and they had these swinging doors. So when the doors would like swing open, kind of peek into the kitchen and see what's happening. And it seemed like crazy. And it seemed like something that I really wanted to, kind of be more into. So I was 14, I wanted a job so that I could, uh, my parents were like, this is gonna be your car. We had this old Volvo station wagon. And they were like, this is gonna be your car when you're 16, but you gotta pay for insurance, you gotta pay for gas. So as a 14 year old, I'm like, I want a little bit of extra cash to you know, buy CDs, remember CDs? <laughs> um, and also I wanted to save up for insurance and stuff. Um, so I got a job, 
there at the galley, blessing tables, did that for a year or two, and then moved back into the takeout room where you would call and place your to-go orders. Um, and I started taking orders and then started filling orders and filling bags, and then they moved me um, into expediting in the kitchen, which was really, really cool. Um, it's not like a traditional kitchen where you're like the chef and you're the expediter. It's like, you know, you're the lowest, you know, guy on the totem pole. Um, you just, as the food comes up in the window, you put it onto the tray, put the ticket onto the tray and, you know, call out the server's name. The server comes and picks it up and takes it out. Um, but from that vantage point, I could see the entire kitchen and kind of see how it all came together. Um, and I think I got hooked like then, um, I went to art school for a year after graduating from high school, because um, even though I was, I love the restaurant. I was like, I probably don't want to work in a restaurant for. That was your life. emo phase. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. So it was like yeah. I went to I went to UNC Charlotte. So not like a okay. real art school, but UNC Charlotte. It was like definitely my emo phase. Like you know, <laughs> an to artiste. Like, well, listen to like Weezer's Pinkerton on repeat, like oh, over, yeah, and over and over. Oh, that's again. so funny. I chose a um, Weezer song for your Instagram stories last night. Yes. It's so funny. I was just like, I feel Weezer. It had no connection. Normally, I try to make the songs have a connection, but I must have known yeah. that you liked Weezer. Um, <laughs> so what was your medium when you, liked, um, when you were doing art? I was going in for graphic design because oh. this was 2001 when everyone wanted to be a graphic designer. So I was going to do graphic design and photography and do two, like a double major. Um, and then took a ceramics class my first semester and fell in love with that. And was like, I'm going to switch to ceramics. So I was doing a lot of sculpture and hand building and making some pots and pottery and stuff. Um, and it wasn't that good. I was really good at the sculpture part. And like my instructor even said, he was like, you're, you have one of the strongest like natural instincts for like clay hand building I've ever seen. Your pots suck. Like throwing, <laughs> like doing your, your pottery is terrible. Um, so I, I think I figured out like after a year, I was like, what am I going to do with a ceramics degree? Yeah. If I still want to like do this stuff. I can do it on the side, but let me do something that I can turn into a career. Um, I'd had so are the ceramics in the wall at Stoke? Did you make those? No, <laughs> I don't know where they came from. Uh, but I do. But I did gain like a love of pottery, and like I don't know if you guys noticed, but all of everything we serve on is handmade uh, at Stoke. Like Beautiful, all of our, yeah, that's all awesome. of our plates and bowls and everything are handmade. So um, it did give me an appreciation for that. Um, but decided to go to CPCC. Culinary school, um, and here we go. Here I am. First job out Very of the long winded And then answers. two Sorry. seconds later, he's the head chef at Stoke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first so, job out of so, culinary so school. Out of culinary school, yeah, you read McNeish? McNeish house, yeah. You so always you, say McNeish. I don't know it's why. French. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're making yeah. it harder than it needs to be. It's cool. So, McNeish. McNeish. And McNeish, there's only like two. There's not a lot of people working there, right? No, no. So I got uh, in my second semester at CP, there was a like a help wanted sign for assistant to the chef um, at McNinch. So I actually took all of the flyers down for it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Seriously, I took all of them down. This and is called. mine. This job yeah. is mine. And, um, Very smart. And that's a good get first job right. at a culinary school. Right. Well, yeah. I asked an instructor first. I was like, so what's, I've never heard of this place. Like, what is this place? And he was like, oh, it's super like fine dining and chef's tasting menus and stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's mine. And I took yeah. all the flyers <laughs> down. And I called Ellen, the owner, and um, went in and interviewed. And I was super green. I was 19. And I mean, I was straight up with her. I was like, I, I've worked in restaurants for five years, but um, never really in the kitchen. 
it's only my second semester in culinary school. Um, but you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do and work my way up. Um, so there was three of us in the kitchen when I started there. Uh, Chad was the executive chef. He left about three months into me being there uh, to open up a restaurant called Cora Bell, which is where Ink and Ivy is now. Mm. Um, at the time, really crappy location because Romeo Bearden wasn't yeah. there. And yeah. like, it was just like a really, really crappy location. And I think that restaurant lasted maybe a year um, before it shut down. But, mm. um, you know, Chad, I think he's at Clemson University now, like running one of their kitchens or something. So he's doing okay. Um, but once Chad left, Ellen really took more of a, um, a kind of a day-to-day chef role in the, in the kitchen and took me under a wing and like showed me how she was doing things. And then after about six months of that, she was like, okay, like, I don't want to work Fridays and Saturday nights anymore. So you're just going to run the kitchen. Like she didn't give me the title executive chef, but I was running the kitchen, um, when I was 20 years old. That's insane. Yeah. Um, not really coming up with anything like cool or special. I was running the same stuff she'd been running for a while. Which um, is fairly traditional, right? Super traditional. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was continental cause that was like a big thing in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So the continent. Yeah. Um, but you got to like kind of learn all about, you know, the, I'm sure like the sauces the and, and the stuff. Techniques. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like not, learning that in culinary school, but right. Yeah, I, I'd say that, like, CP gave me, like, the fundamentals, like, mm-hmm. sauce making, stocks, you know, mother sauces, like, knife work, all that kind of stuff. I learned at CP and then really learned a lot more at McNinch and then reading, like, constantly reading cookbooks. Um, I still read cookbooks, like, they're a regular book, like, cover to cover. What's your favorite right cookbook? Of all time? Yeah. French Laundry. Yeah. Easy. That's, like... That's it's a easy. lot of chefs' favorite one. It's easy. It's the it's the if you're of like my age group, like that is the book that we read because that was the heyday, was, like the early two right. thousands was yeah. the heyday of French Laundry. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's easy. Um, and I still pick that book up from time to time to flip through and be like, oh, I forgot about that, or that's a cool technique. I should you know bring that back. Um, but you know, it, uh, right around the time I graduated uh, from CP which was 2005. Um, she named me executive chef, came with a little bit of salary, which was kind of nice, um, and then kind of started to allow me to do things to the menu. So we introduced, at the time, it was just a six-course meal, um, and that was all it was. And we introduced kind of a quick three-course option. We introduced a seven-course option, got rid of the six, and then introduced a uh, chef's table which was like 12 course menu. Um, so making everything smaller. And yeah, trying to modernize it a little bit, trying yeah. to make it cleaner and lighter and fresher and uh, utilize local produce and local proteins and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, while I was there, like, I was the first one to say, hey, we should probably have a website. You know, hey, we, should, <laughs> we should probably be on Open Table. Like, there's a lot of stuff we should probably be doing here that, um, that they're doing now. And um, I mean, the restaurant's been around forever, so it's. She's yeah, do, she's doing all right. Have they kept a lot of those menu options? Do you know? Have you been in there? No, I don't think I haven't. I honestly haven't been back since I left. Um, I want to go back. It's just one of those things. Like once you leave, you, you just you know you can't darken their doorstep <laughs> yeah. ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen Ellen a few times since then, um, and it, and she's 
Yeah, super friendly um, and super sweet. Um, she seems really nice. I always see her out because we were telling you we live like right next door to there. She's always out watering her yeah. garden and yeah. they put out the free vegetables, which I love them for. It's so funny. That was one of the things that I hated when I worked there. The and free now, vegetables? Well, no, just the, the garden oh, the itself. Garden. And now looking back at it, I'm like, that was such a blessing. Yes. Because I, I think at the time I was like, I'm out here like picking my own herbs and like cutting flowers. It's not like, what I signed up I for. Why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can just buy basil from U.S. Foods. You know, this is like yeah. way before I became any kind of aware of like local food right. really at all. Um, and, and I had that that light switch flipped on while I was there, and I was like, "This is so cool!" And like, we should plant this, and we should plant that. But I remember the first year and a half that I was there, I was like, "This is so dumb. It's ninety <laughs> degrees outside. I'm getting eaten up by mosquitoes, <laughs> and I'm out here picking mint. You know, this is so dumb." Um, Ellen was cutting edge in that way, though. She, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like, it's like a, it's not a big plot new. of land. It's yeah. just, you know, she's she's surrounded every bit of that house with some kind of garden, um, which is really cool. So, so from there, you go to the Asbury, or is there anywhere in between? So in 2012, I um, started doing a, I got like the itch in 2010, 2011 to do something else. In just because you'd been there Because I've been there a for while, a while. Um, change. 2012, I started a pop-up uh, restaurant called The Market Kitchen, um, and we did a dinner at what was Harvest Moon Grill. Um, we did a dinner at a farm out in Concord uh, where we did this whole uh, kind of a pig-picking thing where we took a whole pig and broke it down into individual um, primals and cooked the primals a different way. Um, and then the biggest thing we did was we took over uh, the lobby at the Beckler uh, wow. and did a dinner for 110 people. It was like four courses, um, set up tables and chairs and hired a staff and uh, played it out of their tiny little commissary kitchen that they've got downstairs. And each course was themed after a piece of artwork that was That's up on so the wall cool. all the time. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And that got the attention of Charlotte Magazine, which wrote a little piece on me. And then that got the attention of the GM at the Dunhill who said, you know, hey, why don't you come on? Like, we're looking to, you know, make a change. Like, the chef, Harvest McGrill, was leaving. Um, we're looking to make a change uh, and and possibly rebrand the restaurant. So uh, I gave, came on as culinary director there. Uh, and then in 2014, we opened up the Asbury. I didn't realize yeah, that's that when was we so moved, new. Because we moved to Charlotte, back yeah. to Charlotte, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, I, I remember when it was Harvest Moon Drill. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you, so you designed that, the yeah. entire menu, and you're saying you're you used your grandmother's um, cast iron the biscuit. Yeah. Is it the cast iron biscuits or the sticky? Didn't they? Yeah, have, there cast were two. Iron, there's two. Okay. The, the cast iron biscuits were first. The okay. cast iron drop biscuits were um, my grandmother's. So uh, my uh, mom's side of the family is from Mississippi, and uh, we used to spend like whole summers on my grandparents' farm uh, down there, and they had horses and cows and blueberries and figs and a pecan orchard and stuff. Mm. And um, we would, my, I credit like two people in my life for turning me on to food, and it's, it's my mom and my mama, or you know, grandma. Um, and they're my first two culinary instructors, and they were amazing women. Um, but we would wake up every morning, and there'd be a cast iron skillet on the table of these biscuits. And it's really just... Um, Self-rising flour, butter, and milk. It's like three things. Um, but just through technique, 
Like they were perfect. They were crispy on the outside. They were super fluffy on the inside. Um, and like straight out of the oven, they're like the best things on earth. You let them rise in the cast iron? Like no, you so you, start? So you bake them. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really wet dough mm-hmm. that you just use a scoop to, or a spoon to put into the cast iron, kind of press the top down a little bit, and then pop it in the oven, and it, and it bakes because it's the self-rising it's got. Yeah, it doesn't have to rise right. ahead of time. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I want to try that. You um, have to, I guess. Is it just yeah. those three things, really? Yeah. Like, what about, like, was there, like, a topping on it, or is it just butter? You no, guys would... just butter and... Oh, uh, my gosh. And milk and... Biscuits. Self-rising flour. so good. Um, so I uh, did a bacon jam at McNinch House... Uh, and then I was like, I'm going to take these and do my grandmother's biscuits and bacon jam at Asbury and um, serve those to the owner of the Asbury for like a job interview. Like I had to do a cook test. Oh, nice. Um, and they liked it a lot and um, liked them so much. We They became a permanent menu thing and we we designed the Asbury name and the logo and everything. It had a little cast iron skillet drawn into it because of those biscuits. And then they do hashtag body by biscuit, right. which I love. That happened after, <laughs> uh, that actually happened after I left. That was post, um, that was but post. still inspired right. by those biscuits. So, and the other biscuit you mentioned, the sticky biscuit, Yeah. Um, about eight months after I started there, um, Matt Krenz, who was the sous chef at Passion 8 at the time, um, had confided in me that he was kind of looking to maybe move on. Um, from his position, I was like, dude, if you tell me that, I'm coming at you hard. Like, I'm going to recruit you for Asbury. Like, you're going to work for me. Um, and he was like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't think I want to work for a hotel. And I just, like, relentlessly kept after him. I was like, you've already told me. Like, you opened the door. So, you know, <laughs> as soon as you decide, like, you're you're walking out, like, you're walking right into my kitchen. And, and, it, and it happened. It, um, you know, it, it, it happened. And so the Sticky Biscuits were me and him. We both worked, like... 14 or 16 hours that day and it was we were like kind of work drunk you know like and drinking but <laughs> yeah. you just felt drunk because you've been at work happy, so long yeah. um, and we were down in the basement uh, there just talking about ideas and said what if we took Mama's biscuit dough and rolled it out like put a little more flour into it rolled it out and then rolled um, like brown sugar and cinnamon and then cut it and baked it like a cinnamon roll and he was like and then you add country ham to that and the goat cheese icing those were like his two contributions that became like the sticky biscuit, which I know I think that like Miranda, their pastry chef told me she makes like a thousand a week now. So. <laughs> I know the couple times we went there, we got both biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. why, why make yourself choose, you know? Yeah. And he's still, is he the head chef now there? <laughs> no, Matt left when his daughter was born. Um, That's right. He's staying at home so dad dad right now, but he now. was at that dinner. Yeah, he was at the dinner. The, um, right. Yeah. The meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes dinner. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, emceed the meat and potatoes dinner. We brought him out of dad tirement. <laughs> <laughs> he was a One great MC. Mm-hmm. He was a funny guy. Yeah, and those biscuits. Mm. So then how did you get to Stoke? So I had been at Asbury for about two years, two and a half years, and um, I wasn't unhappy there. I was just maybe a little frustrated with some of the things that were going on and um, some of the ownership decisions and stuff. Um, Failure to deliver chocolate bars for weddings? or I, that Did that come after up? Me. That <laughs> Did happened that come after up? me. I had already left by that no, point. Nothing to do with the Asbury, but we were yeah. talking about it last night. <laughs> I'm going to let everyone in town know about <laughs> my, my fiery hatred. <laughs> incident. Um, no, and then I had, um, I had cooked a dinner at the Beard House while I was there at Asbury and That's met cool. um, a couple chefs in New York. And then there's this guy, Ted, um, 
who is a friend of mine, and he represents a bunch of brands um, like Springer Mountain and Big Green Egg and stuff. And both him and the chef in New York called me. Like They didn't know that they were both calling me about the same job, but they both called me and said, the Marriott in Charlotte is, is rebranding, and they're looking for a chef to come in and, and run the whole place, and um, you should maybe reach out to them and just see what's up. So I called... Um, the hotel. I asked for the GM. Um, she was out of town, but I left a message. I left a message two days later. I left a message two days later, just kind of being persistent. Um, and when she finally got back into town, she called me and she's like, I'm really sorry. I've been out of town. Like I haven't been checking my voicemails. Would you like to get a cup of coffee and talk about anything? So, um, we arranged for, to meet at the Starbucks right there. And, um, in between in, both in, of yeah. them. In between. Yep. Yeah. In between the two uh, hotels. In between the two hotels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you probably felt like you were doing something really bad. <laughs> well, so I came, I went from work. And <laughs> so I wasn't like dressed up. Like I didn't really think this was like a job interview, which I guess it kind of was. So I'm in there in like chef pants and like a white just t-shirt that I wear underneath a chef coat, like super sweaty and smelly because I've been working. And, um, you know, I just sit down and they walk in and um, we had coffee and we talked for like two and a half hours about what their vision was and who I was and how we can make the two kind of align and what I wanted and what they wanted and, and yada, yada. Um, and the name Stoke had already been decided and the kitchen had already been pretty much laid out. Um, but they needed someone to write the menu, to hire the staff, to choose uniforms, to kind of write cultural like handbook policies and that kind of stuff. So... This was three months before we opened that I came on, and I spent two months uh, holed up in this little office just writing menus and, and writing schedules and talking through labor and you know, kind of being like half HR and half accounting for this pre-opening of this restaurant. Uh, and then the last month kind of really got into the kitchen and started banging out. Like I had the menu, I had recipes, so just started working with, uh, it was me, um, two sous chefs that I hired within the first week of me working there, uh, Justin Brown and Carl Zimmerman. Uh, and then we'd hired three cooks at that point. Uh, two of them had come over from the Asbury, and one guy had moved down from Asheville. He had worked at Curate. Um, and a friend of mine, a mutual friend, said, you know, you're moving to Charlotte, you should work for Chris Coleman. Um, so, like, the six of us kind of holed ourselves up in this kitchen, started banging through recipes. We hired a staff about a week later, two weeks later, um, and we got into the kitchen at Stoke. Like, they were literally putting the booths in place the day before we opened. We had the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> kitchen equipment unwrapped two days before we opened. So we got into the kitchen about two days before, um, before we opened and just ran through breakfast, lunch, dinner menus, dessert menus, um, and really just kind of tested the space out for two days straight and... And then we opened Stoke. This is August 2016. We were there a lot in those early days. Like, with that whole fall of 2016, like, we were... There wasn't that much uptown at the time. We were so excited. Yeah, because we could walk, and there's just that menu, like, the pork shank. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that was that still on? I didn't even pay attention last yeah, night. It's the only thing God. that's still on from that. So good. <laughs> that and the press of brioche are both still on. Okay, well, yeah. And the donut. And the donut. The donut. Like <laughs> I mean, but we had just like it just blew our mind the menu, and we kept like we would bring people in. Like that was like just like our go-to date night for a while, and like we just I don't know, we were just saying like 
why the heck? We just hadn't been in in a while before last night because we've just been so busy with blog events. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to make this was like that was like our date night spot, and we, we're going to bring it. We back. don't date anymore. That's yeah, I know that's the problem. <laughs> that's because like that was right before we got married, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Now we just yeah. don't go out anymore. But like, just right. like blew our minds like what you were doing there. Like just yeah, we loved all of it. Talk about Coco and the director a little bit. Yeah, it's cool. Because um, I mean, so I oversee um, food. For the entire hotel. So it's not just Stoke, but... um, Breakfast at the hotel, room service? Room service, um, catering and banquets, concierge lounge, the bar. And uh, and Coco and and the director. So Coco is cool. It's um, Coco and the director is where Champions was in Marriott's old days. So it's uh, really... It's probably the best kind of spot in the hotel because it's right at the corner of Trade and Tryon. Um, And... um, most Marriott's partner up with Starbucks, and you know you see the signs that are like we proudly offer Starbucks or whatever. Um, well, we decided we didn't want to proudly offer Starbucks. So, <laughs> no one proudly um, offers it. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we found a local roaster. Um, his name's Nick, and I cannot remember his last name right now, but it's Forte Legato, and he roasts out of uh, Fort Mill, um, and he had an interesting story because he worked for Wells Fargo. Um, was in San Francisco and was roasting beans in his like oven at home uh, because he got tired of Starbucks and caribou and stuff um, and was really just fascinated by coffee. So he started roasting beans. Uh, Wells offered to transfer him to either Charlotte or like Houston, I think. Um, he picked Charlotte because he looked and he said that there wasn't a lot of coffee roasters in Charlotte. And so he already had this vision that he was going to like use the bank's money to get him somewhere so he could start roasting coffee and, and make that his full-time gig. Um, so we got here and started, bought a roaster, a small roaster, started um, roasting for Renaissance Patisserie was like his first, mm. um, I think, spot that he was roasting for, maybe a couple like Breadsmith down in Fort Mill and stuff. Um, and then we like knocked on his door and we were like, we're opening a coffee shop right in the middle of uptown. We're going to buy like thousands of dollars of coffee, you know, a week from you. Um, would you be interested? <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, it's like a shot in the arm for his business. Yeah, so, jackpot. Um, it allowed him to get a bigger spot, get a bigger roaster, start hiring people. Um, so the idea behind Coco, and it's a silly name for a reason, it's like Coco is, is um, collaborative and community, and we wanted to figure out how we could use Marriott's dollars to collaborate with our community and create something that was really cool and special and unique. So that's like one story where we found a local roaster. We kind of gave his business a shot in the arm and now he has like a staff and now he has a full-time like roasting gig and yeah, that's um, awesome. And it's, it's pretty cool. And like, we couldn't do that if we didn't have Marriott's like pockets. You know, and you have Sugarman, uh, Sugarman Crow Nuts. Yeah. And do you make the banana bread? Yeah, we make the banana bread. Yeah, we love the banana it's like bread. It's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> so that was... Um, the cronuts look really good on Instagram, and I like them, roll. but I love the banana bread. Yeah, we know bread. everything there. <laughs> <laughs> I never even really thought about that being you. Yeah. I really yeah. didn't. <laughs> it's really stupid of me, but I don't know why. That's why I'm the thinker. But you guys, like, you carve the meat for the sandwiches there, right. and which I've actually never had, but I always see the, like, the meat. It's yeah, really okay. legit. Um, yeah, so the banana bread was Carl's... Carl Zimmerman, uh, his recipe. It was actually his recipe for that and the brioche for the donut. Um, mm. So he had a really big baking background and um, 
he was actually a junior Sioux for me at the Asbury, and he came over with me to be a Sioux at Stoke. Um, and he's since left. He his family's in Baltimore, so he moved to Baltimore. Uh, I was working at a he was at a Marriott there, but he just left to go to work for a Hilton. Um, oh God, oh, our tribal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it was a good move for him for his family. But he did leave us behind with some really awesome recipes for like baked goods. Um, and yeah, the meats, we do a daily sandwich at Coco, Monday through Friday. Um, we have a guy, Savage Sam, that's what we call him. Um, he just does uh, the sandwiches. So he comes up with one sandwich for every day of the week um, and just does that. And it's kind of like we make uh, 40 to 50 of them, and when we run out, we run out. Um, and he roasts all the meats or cures all the meats or whatever um, and builds the sandwiches to order. Um, and he's a character. I mean, people love coming in just to talk with Sam because he's really, really funny. Really nice um, staff in there and in the dining room at Stoke. Yeah. You have a lot of really good people. Yeah, we have good people. Yeah, well, we always, like, I go to Coco a lot. Um, we always, like, I, it's a little loud for me to do work. It's like That's a hip loud. place. Yeah, it's loud. <laughs> I, like, I always feel like a really old lady, yeah. and I'm like, turn it down. Oh, <laughs> but I love the vibe, and I know you guys do, like, is it, like, movies, like, community, like, like independent films? We're doing lots of different things. We, we partner up with a couple of, like, film societies to just show movies every now and then. We're hoping to do more of that um, coming up uh, throughout the summer and fall. Um, we kind of had to do a cease and we, we got like literally a cease and desist letter from a couple of studios to stop showing, uh, movies. So we <laughs> stopped doing that. Yeah, they don't, so, they don't um, silly though. And stuff like yeah. that. Um, but you but, weren't, where you weren't charging for the movie. No, we right? weren't charging yeah. anything, but yeah, whatever. Weird. Um, but we always like skill pop classes in there and, oh, yeah. um, there's just there's something usually going on every night of the week. So and, uh, so the donut like the size of the donut right. was that your idea or yeah. was that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like um, tell us about that. Like brioche donut, cool. That's been done, but no yeah. one who's doing a one pound one. <laughs> right. So part of um, so Stoke was really designed as part of this whole idea to rebrand food and beverage for Marriott. Um, the whole hotel itself is this Marriott M Beta hotel where we're testing out things that they hope to do at other locations across the country oh, and across the that. world and stuff. Um, so having a restaurant with no walls in the middle of your lobby, that's not a Marriott standard. And we're hoping that they take the idea behind it, not necessarily Stoke itself, but maybe the idea that food and beverage should be front and center um, and make that kind of a standard. So... Um, in doing so, we tested a lot of the opening um, menu at uh, Marriott Corporate Headquarters in Bethesda, Maryland. So it's right outside of D.C. So uh, me and the two sous chefs flew up there for um, like a four-day stint. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and we tested through all the recipes up there before we came back here to test them with our, our crew here in Charlotte. Um and we were driving to dinner one night with the executive chef. So this is like the executive chef for all of Marriott. So he oversees like 30 different brands of food and beverage. It's kind of nuts. Uh, he's driving us to dinner and he was like, so you guys don't really have a pastry chef. So what are you going to do for dessert? Um, and we're like, well, we hadn't really thought about it. Um, like I said, I had this guy, Carl, who is a great baker um, in his own right. And he's sitting in the back seat. And um, Brad, the executive chef says, well, what if you do like a bag of donuts? Because that's kind of a Marriott thing. It's like you get this little brown paper bag full of little donuts. Um, and I remember like saying to him, like, we're trying to be bigger than Marriott. Like we're trying to be bigger than that. 
Uh, I like the idea. I respect the idea, but that's like not for us. Um, and I was like, what if we made like a giant donut? <laughs> you know, what if we made like a really, really big donut? And Carl, like in the back was like, I've got a great brioche recipe. Like I can make a brioche donut. And I'm like, okay, Carl, like when we get back, make some brioche and tomorrow we'll shape 16 ounces of it and we'll make a, a one pound donut. And Brad like laughed and he was like, that'll never work. And I was <laughs> like, all right, well, we'll see. So we did like, um, Carl got up super early, uh, the next day, made some brioche. Uh, we fried it off that afternoon and we put the diplomat cream in the, in the hole, uh, and stuck a knife in it. And we're like, it needs something else. So I like ran out to the little general store commissary thing inside of their headquarters lobby. And I bought uh, a Heath candy bar because it's my favorite candy bar of all time. Yeah. And I run back to the kitchen and I like unwrap it and I like crush it up over the whole thing. And there's like... My heart's Heath, racing. There's, there's like Marriott executives like surrounding me as I'm doing They're this. like, what's like, he doing? Number oh four, my gosh. number five, number six in the company are like watching me. And They're whispering. Like, <laughs> and I like crumble it over and I kind of step back and they immediately all pulled out their phones to take a picture. Yes. And I was like, there we go. Like that's the... Boom. That's what we're trying to do. I know it's good and it's like an Instagram star. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh perfect. my gosh. You know? I mean, it, it blew up and every time people would post it, first of all, Jason and I would get it on our own or with two other people. And people would be like, you're a monster. How could you? I'm like, how could you not? Like, <laughs> but I did see that you, because last night we saw that there's like a donut hole option now. Yeah. I don't think that the like, last time we were there, I don't know if you guys had that. Yeah, so that's, that... we introduced that a couple months ago in the bar. Okay. Uh, because we would have a lot of like single diners in who were staying in from like the hotel. Yeah, that's or... like a little embarrassing. Like two people, right. like at least you have someone else there, yeah. but like one person. But you can't like one person order a <laughs> donut. So that is kind of pushing We it. wanted okay. to give them a little option. And not make small donuts. Because I've been saying, like, it's either, like, the big donut or nothing. Like, yeah. I'm not making <laughs> tiny donuts. And then um, we started doing donut holes for special, like, occasions. And, and like, outside of Coco and the Right, director. so we sell them outside of Coco for a yeah. dollar on Tuesdays. Um, and then... Yeah, you made the... What you make for one of those things? The foie gras? Oh, the bacon yeah. donut? Oh, my gosh, that donut. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Like, it's like a fry bread. It's like a fry bread. So we take the donut hole and we smash oh. it flat and fry it and dust it in cocoa and sumac and then have an apple and chili glazed pork belly. Yeah, pork belly, that's what it was. Yeah. So freaking good. Um, yeah. It's, ba- it's like essentially a house bacon, though, because it's cured and smoked and then glazed. Um, I'm actually doing that for my appetizer at the Beard House. Are you? Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Well, well, there's time. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so now you can get donut holes now, people. You can get donut so holes for everyone now. who whines about they can't finish the whole donut, yeah. like you're a quitter, but now you can get donut holes. <laughs> so, yeah, so you are going to the James Beard House in New York City on Wednesday. Right. Um, so tell us about that. How'd you get invited? Well, just explain to people what the James yeah, what Beard House means. is because I don't think a lot of people know. Sure. So, our millions of listeners. Do your millions of listeners? Yeah. Tell my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the James Beard, um, so there was a, actually a guy named James Beard and he lived in Chelsea in New York and he was like fascinated with um, like celebrating American food and he would host these like lavish dinner parties at his house because um, he installed a commercial kitchen inside of his house. Um, and then um, when he passed away, the James Beard foundation was created and they do a lot of things to promote American food and to celebrate American food um, in all of its various forms from like street food on up to, you know, super high end 
I love the math. They had they had best so. podcasts this year, and we didn't win. It's really weird. So it's Strange. become a bit of a sham organization. I'm yeah, um, <laughs> maybe you could ask yeah. them when you go up on yeah. Wednesday. I'll put a good word. Yeah, in thank for you. you. <laughs> um, but so they took his house and they made that their um, organization's headquarters, and then they still host uh, these lavish dinner parties in it um, for eighty people at a time. It's always a five course meal uh, with like past orders first, um, and it's pretty cool spot i've done one dinner there so this will be number two but when you walk in you literally walk through the kitchen um, past where the chefs are working to go to the back kind of courtyard area like the pre-party is and then you go upstairs where all the 80 seats are to sit down and eat um so it's it's a really really cool experience and for like a chef to cook in the house like it's a tiny kitchen it's even though it's a commercial grade kitchen, it's not the greatest commercial grade kitchen. So like my kitchen at Stoke is way nicer, um, but it's still kind of like you're eating in or, or cooking in this space that is so like revered and like American. And it's a big history. honor to get it's like a huge honor like to the, be invited to cook. Jason there. and Yvonne don't get invited to right. cook at no, these places. One of our own people, of Charlotte, <laughs> is going to go cook yeah. there on Wednesday, and you're taking. So you're making the, the fry bread donut with right. pork belly. Is that like the past? That's the past, uh, right. And then you're, so we had the dish that you're taking too. So it's lamb. Right. So, so tell us about this lamb dish. Yeah, so the, the, whole, this, the whole theme for this dinner is um, uh, it's like heritage, shepherd, and friends or something. So it's Border Springs lamb. Um, they're out of Patrick Springs, Virginia. Uh, and they make probably the best lamb in I mean, easily the best lamb in America, probably the best lamb in the world, I think. Um, Craig has done an amazing job with raising these lambs and, um, and is just an awesome guy. So he invited me and the four other chefs to come up there and cook at this lamb dinner. And um, so I'm doing a lamb shoulder that I butterfly, take the bone out of, clean it, and then um, season it with kind of a North Carolina barbecue rub. And then... Put it back together, like meat glue it back together so it makes like a brick. Um, cryovac it, sous vide for 72 hours, and then smoke it afterwards. And then glaze it like while it's roasting in the oven and like a lamb demi-gloss. This piece of meat was so special. Yeah. It was <laughs> a lot really of work good. into this meat. Yeah, like, I could, you could tell. Like I didn't really know it was like, good. yeah, like all of that. And you put that. it on a, on a like spicy chevre. Is yeah. that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, or chef. Chev. Chev. Yeah. yeah, with that's good. With field peas and peanuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so we take a, a North Carolina chev, um, <laughs> and and then we whip uh, Aleppo chili flakes into it because Aleppo chili is just like my favorite thing on earth. Um, so it takes on this kind of pinkish color, which is kind of cool. Um, like it's smeared on the plate, and then there's a little pool of um, uh, white acre rice peas from Anson Mills and some raw peanuts that are cooked like like peas and it has some mirepoix and tomatoes and some lamb stock in it. Yeah, it was um, a beautiful dish and it was very delicious. Gorgeous. It's, it's probably so every bite was and perfect. You, you can't really serve it on the main menu because it's just too much work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot that'd of, be a lot. We used to do a dish similar to it at Asbury that was like a lamb per se. Um, and we took the lamb shoulder and we slow roasted it. Uh, we didn't sous vide anything, but we slow roasted it for like a couple hours until the bone just like pulled out. And then we would put um, weights on top of it to weigh it down and make it flat and then cut it and glaze it in something very similar to what we do for the pork shank with like sorghum and chilies and mm. orange juice and stuff. So that was like the origins of that dish. 
And I just took it and I added like a lot of unnecessary steps that make it way more difficult, but way more like chefy. <laughs> so. <laughs> it was awesome. And we were really very chefy to take it all on the plane with you. So you're yeah, you have right. to check all this lamb in your luggage. When yeah. do you leave? I um, uh, leave Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So just be thinking of Chef Coleman and his mm-hmm. his yes. lamb, <laughs> like pounds and pounds pray of meat. Me. You're <laughs> like, yes, I'm checking yeah. this. You have to like pray over it before yeah, it I've goes. Yeah, I've got like 100 pounds of meat in the cooler. Oh um, my gosh. That I'm they better not. I guess it's like there's no stops. Like you don't have a layover yeah, or anything. No so layovers. it's like, what, is, what, what can they do to yeah. screw it up? They better protect that meat though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I kind of want to go in like handcuffed to it and be like, yeah. And they just ride next to me. I've got an aisle seat. Yeah, you should have just bought another ticket for it and put it in its this is my lamb. This is my lamb seat. You could put like a hat on it yeah, and like a shawl and be like, this is my girlfriend. Yeah, this is my meat seat. <laughs> yeah, my meat seat. Well, so I have a question that's kind of similar to Jason's question about like bad Yelp reviews. But like, so last night, um, especially because it's like Speed Street, I'm sure you get yeah. a lot of people like in off the street a lot at Stoke. Um, do you ever get like people who just don't get what you're doing because they're expecting like, <laughs> where's my filet mignon and mashed yeah, potatoes? A lot. It's, I was thinking that last like, night. And Jason, you asked me like last night, like what's it like working in a Marriott? Um, and it's kind of like there's pros and cons, right? So you know the pros are we do have like you know corporate backing, so there's some finances involved there. There's a lot of structure built in. There's like you know I don't have to deal with too much HR and accounting, although that's part of my job. Um, Probably good benefits and time. Good benefits, off and paid all time that. off, yeah. and all that stuff, um, which is really really nice. I get a lot of time with my family. Um, the cons are that you're still inside of a hotel. So people expect a classic burger, like a big salad that you can add chicken to, like filet mignon, like all the stuff. I saw there was that, a burger on the menu last night that was yeah, not there lamented. before. We, yeah. we, we like <laughs> broke down and like added one. Um, but, you know, we, and, and this came from above. This wasn't my decision, although I'm happy to be involved. But like the decision from corporate was we wanted to open up a restaurant that was like a restaurant First, not a hotel restaurant, but like a restaurant that we could have that would compete with the other restaurants in town in terms of quality, in terms of you know innovation and all that kind of that stuff. Locals go to for that locals go to for date night, which is yeah, right? what it is so, like for us. Totally. Um, so for me, a big part of that is local sourcing and stuff. And a lot of times, people ask like, "Well, why don't you have a fillet?" And I'm like, "Well, we can't. You know, there's not a lot of like great beef in um, our area, and, and fillets are crappy anyway." But um, you know, we be happy with what we've got, so to speak, and and this is why it's special. Like we want we want to celebrate what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it. Um, so sometimes, you know, some people come in like you guys who like really like embrace that, and then we get people that are like, well, I don't want that. I just want like a burger with lettuce and tomatoes and pickles, and and then like I'd say the vast majority are people that are in the middle that they're like, okay, we'll try it out, and then hopefully the majority of those people walk away feeling very happy and well taken care of. And you've introduced Um, them to a lot of really cool things. We went there for my birthday one year. We did. I think when you first opened, we told my parents and they liked it. And they're not very adventurous at all. And they, everyone was happy. They complained. We went to a bunch of Michelin star restaurants in Europe and they did not like it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even like Rose's luxury in DC caused like a family war. Let's just say my, his brother was like, I just want a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) No, the best was this. Yeah, it was awful. Slight sidetrack, but we were in London at a two, Michelin star restaurant and at the end they like asked if you want tea oh my and God. they brought out like like a, a pot we've seen this also at, at geranium in Copenhagen like, it's like, like a thing like 
They like, yeah. you know, they bring out like it's fresh, it's growing in dirt. And they're like, yeah. do you want like a little And they named lemon like verbena? 12 different things that I like, I literally never heard you don't of even half know what of they them. Are. Yeah. And, and, my, and the guy explains it to my mom. And she, he, she's my mom's like, a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire. And she's like, I don't know she's what not, those things are. Explain them to me. She's so not, he goes she through and like he in depth tells the, the flavor profile of like eight different herbs. And this woman has just, his mom has just bought a $250 tasting with a $200 wine pairing. Right. And then she, this guy explains this to her. And, and then she goes, is that extra? <laughs> and it was $4. And she said, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and then she said, I'll just, I'll just drink some of you. And that was honestly one of the most <laughs> embarrassing moments of my life. Oh, like, no. It was, it was great. But anyway, we, uh, and then like, yeah, afterwards, like the next day they were, his mom was like, I didn't like that very much. The whole restaurant, like one of the best restaurants we've ever No, she's like, to. I just can't, I can't spend that. It's just too much. Mo- some people just. They, they don't, just don't get it. Like it's yeah. just not their thing, and I totally get like some Food people. Is recreation. She she <laughs> likes she likes to spend her money on clothing. I yeah. get that. Like I'd rather wear this same shirt for fourteen years <laughs> and go to a two Michelin star restaurant. We had to tell one story about Stoat too. So the we took we went with another oh, yeah. couple the night of the riots. So oh, that was do you remember that? Yeah, so were you there. working that night? No, I was working. Okay. Yeah, so was it was there. it was either the night or the second night. Yeah. And so we're e- so we're like, do we want to? I asked this other couple, like, you guys still want to go? Like, there's some, ri- there's some riot. There's, there's a little bit of riot. There's some light rioting. <laughs> light happening. rioting you still happening. coming uptown yeah. to hang out with us? And then, and then we called you guys, and you guys are still open. Yeah. So we're like, gosh, fuck it, we'll try it. Yeah. So we were in there, and it was fine. But then, like, in the middle of the meal, 400 cops yep. come in. In, like, the riot. <laughs> in the riot. Gear. Yeah, like, yeah. with the masks <laughs> and, like, yeah. the big shield. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was an interesting night. Um, it was so exciting. We were like taking pictures. It was so the um, our former uh, LP director, loss prevention, security, whatever um, director, was a fire chief at the same time. Um, he still is a fire chief in Charlotte, um, but he had all the dirt. Like so, when we knew like the riots were going to happen because they'd heard chatter and stuff, so we were like ready for it. And he he had he's the one who like brought the riot cops in to like, he's like, this can be your like central station and stuff. You're right here and you're in a secure location. And that was, that was nuts. Like that was, so you were feeding them too. Oh or? yeah. We were feeding them. Yeah. We were feeding like all, like we locked the hotel doors yeah. at one point so the people couldn't get in. And, um, so everyone, we were just eating was, pork shank at that time. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> well, this was the next night. So yeah. the first, cause the actual night of the riots when like shit like went, really went night. down. Yeah. We were actually yeah. at Fudo Buddha that night and they closed like the restaurant. They're like, go yeah. home. Yeah. Right? Cause like the shit's going no, down. We were, that's crazy. That's, that's one of the, the cons of hotels that were open all the time. It doesn't matter yeah. what's happening. Yeah, you can't really, there could literally be a riot outside. Yeah, yeah. We are. There, we're there open. could literally be a riot outside. <laughs> the cops, still be open. You know, pretzel brioche. Yeah. I think we closed, we closed Coco and the director that night, but we kept the restaurant open. Crazy. Any other crazy hotel stories like that match a riot? Mm. <laughs> Do you ever have someone come down in like their bathrobe? Like I'd that like a burger. All the time. <laughs> like literally, like people like roll up in PJs. And I'm like, Come on. Like, um, this is a fine dining this is establishment. A fine dining establishment. <laughs> Put some pants on. I sous vide your <laughs> stuff for seventy-two hours. <laughs> it's the least you could do, um, ma'am. <laughs> no, I mean, there's I. I, I I don't know. There's probably a lot of stories I could tell, but I might get in trouble. <laughs> Protect the innocent, yeah. <laughs> okay, or the so, guilty. So when you're not eating at Stoke, what are the other restaurants around town that you like to go oh, to? Oh, man. Um, I don't ever know what to say 
with that question. You don't want to offend because, anybody. Well, Just say the ones that. you hate. That's yeah, better. Exactly. <laughs> Just say the ones I have beef with. Yeah, um, let's talk about no, those it's not, people. Um, it's not that. It's just that like everyone thinks that I'm probably going out. No, you're working so places, much. But yeah. like, I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, so we go like to crap food places. A boy and a girl? Or a boy what and a girl, yeah. Nice. Um, Older boy or younger? So yeah. what So what are they into right Luke now? Seven-year-old and three-year-old's Ellie, so oh, boy and a girl. Um, they are into... So Ellie only eats three things. She eats... Um, chicken fingers. Chicken nuggets, chicken okay. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yogurt yeah. and peanut butter. Um, and fruit. She, she'll eat any kind of fruit on her. So that's it's a like stage, she's at least, like, fair, she's That's three, a stage. And she's yeah. eating healthy. Besides the chicken nuggets yeah. and tenders, like she's that's eating fairly protein. healthy. Like yeah. I know a lot of like yoga chicks that that's all they eat all the time, and that's a choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, she's just starting her own. Right. Uh, she's just starting her own. <laughs> she's in her Lululemon, like, exactly. Dad, bring my yogurt. Yeah, yeah. she wants like a half-calf frappe. And, um, uh, and then Luke will eat just about anything. So, um, you know, they're... So when they're like asking you where to go, yeah, where, where do they, they like to go out? We go. So um, I live in the Mountain Island Lake community, like up near where like Coolwood and Heirloom and stuff is. And there's a uh, little diner grill spot, Shuffletown Grill. Um, it's been there for like since the '50s. So they have to go there a good bit for breakfast because they have pretty good pancakes and like their sausage gravy is pretty good and stuff. Um, we go to a place called Miguel's a lot, and I talk about this place, and people are like, they go, and then they're like, Chris, that food was shitty. But <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it is. We still go there a lot. It's a, Where like is a, it's it? a Tex-Mex spot off of Little Rock Road, off the I-85 Access Road, off of Little Rock. So it's right by the airport, um, and it is a dump. It is attached to a... <laughs> Um, now defunct motel called the Bradley Motel that looks like that's where Psycho was filmed, you know? Um, like, I know I'm setting it up to, to be amazing, but... I'm ready um, to go. No, yeah. what are you talking about? This but, could be, like, your lower-end concept, like you work for the Marriott, right. but you could have, like, a Bradley. Super, super dive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah super dive. Um, but it's, like, two... It's, like, a family that runs it, so it's, like, a dad and his two sons and, like, their wives. Um they make the salsa in-house because it's a little different every single time, um, oh, cool. which people are like, it's not consistent. I'm like, it's that means that they're making it in-house. They're not just like opening up a jar or a can and dumping it into a bowl. Like They're making it back there. The food is always super fresh and tasty. Um, the beer is always super ice cold. The margaritas are like just the right amount of acid. Um, Sounds great to me right now. I yeah. love it. It's just Might like simple now. trash, like Tex-Mex food. But um, And they had this awesome like patio outside that you can – Feel the breeze off of I-85 and get the diesel fumes from the airplanes. <laughs> and it's just like being in Mexico City. So, it's yeah, it's the whole experience. Um, <laughs> so, I like Miguel's a lot. Um, I, I, uh, Stagione was, used to be my go-to when Andrew Dodd was there. I haven't been since um, he left, so I haven't tried out the new chef yet. But I want to get over there. We love Stagione a lot. Um, I don't drive up to Davidson that much, but obviously Kindred's you know, amazing and, and does amazing work. Um, you know, and then I've got a lot of chef friends around town that I, I still keep saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come in. I'm going to come Chris in. Chris Coleman knows everybody. He knows um, everybody. He does. Yeah. Well, he's well connected. <laughs> so what, so what are the, like the worldwide chefs, like the restaurants that you look up to that you are like seeing what's going on? Like, how are you keeping up with like the food trends? I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. Um, and I know that that's like, you know, kind of sounds ridiculous. But I, um, there was a point in my career where I wanted to be like 
Michelin star chef and I wanted to, you know, win a James Beard award and I wanted to do all this stuff. And, and where I'm at now in my life, like I don't really care anymore. Um, so I want to do you. Yeah. I, I'm I'm make happy good to food. Yeah, I want to make good food. And I want to be able to. Balance, yeah, right? I want to be able to support like my family and stuff. Like, yeah, I still want to open a restaurant. I still want to have like a couple of restaurants. And you know, like the the goal is to have a small restaurant group with like three or four different concepts. Um, you know, and, and that'll happen. But like where I'm at right now in my like personal life is like I've I've got a, a wife that I'm trying to like see every now and then and make sure that I'm not in the doghouse when oh, I that's do see her. I've got you know uh, I've got two kids. We're trying that, to see each other less. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're working on. Yeah, well, <laughs> have a couple kids and we'll be fine. You'll know, you know, get there. Um, uh, you know, like my kids still want me around. They're young and like get this. Like point. when they're like yeah. thirteen and they're like, I, go, go away, dad. Yeah, stop embarrassing me, <laughs> yeah. dad, because I'm breathing. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then that's when I can do other stuff. But um, I really like what uh, Mahatma Bailey's doing at uh, the Gray in Savannah. Um, Which I've ex- never, we've never been there. Yeah. Like so, you think it's, it's worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. They yeah. just sure. won the James Beard Award, right? This last she year? won. La- no, she won this year. Yeah, she this just year? won she this year. Um, Best chef in the South. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm interested to see what Sean Brock's new spot in Nashville is going to be like because it's going to be huge. So the chefs that I look up to are like all like Southern chefs, honestly. Um, and I love Ashley Christensen. Everything that she does is gold. And But she's such a smart businesswoman too. Like her, the way she set up her restaurant group is insane. And that's Curate? That is Pool's Diner, um, Chuck's, Fox Liquor Bar, Death and Dax's. It's all up in Raleigh. Um, oh, in Raleigh. She just won for best. Death and Taxes, I have that idea. <laughs> That's Shit. what I was going to say. We, we had an idea for a concept called Death yeah. and Taxes. We didn't know it already existed. Well, she won for best chef in America this year. Ashley Christian. Yeah. But, okay, so that's yeah, that so was. that's her spot up in Raleigh, or spots. We need to Raleigh. go there. Yeah. And all of her restaurants are within like two blocks of each other. That's so awesome. So I think that's amazing. So that makes it over reasonable for her to like be everywhere. Raleigh. So I just think it's so smart. So. so in a few years, we'll see you maybe okay, I have this con- up your own I have spot. this concept that we need to do that we can monetize where like you have a trip, mm-hmm. like we plan a trip to oh, like yeah. Raleigh for like the day. Maybe you mm-hmm. spend like one night and it's like curated. Because you're, maybe we're involved because we know food, but we're not, we don't know like the ins and outs like you but do. But you know the chefs, So right? like you go there and like you explain everything that's going on, like a food. You're like the spirit guide for the a culinary trip. Do you want me to like burst your bubble right now? This already no, exists. don't do it. Already exists. Damn it. It's like death and taxes. Wait, well, I know that already this? exists, but who's doing it in Charlotte? Uh, I don't know anyone in Charlotte doing it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I know there's like. But we were thinking like we could even go to Europe and do it. Yeah. I mean, there's like food tour places in Charlotte, like Feast and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And those are actually really, cool really good. We've yeah. had, do, are you on the Uptown one? Yeah, we're on the Uptown one. Yeah. We, we've we only the done the Plaza Midway and that was really good. We love, yeah, Christine. We did that a couple years ago. But yeah, talking about more of a trip. <laughs> Jason's <laughs> trying to make we're, this happen. We're going to work on it. <laughs> okay. So what's the best thing you ate this week, Chef Coleman? Uh, okay. So, um, how much time do we have? We um, have as much as you need. No one's yeah, banging on the door no yet. On Not the door. yet. Because um, I knew the discussion was coming, and I was, like, debating this uh, earlier. You can have day, two. Actually, with my wife. And I was like, I kind of have two. Um, and one is, um, so I just got a big green egg. 
um, and a for grill. the house. That's yeah, exciting. House. Um, so we made our first pizza and calzones on it the other night. Oh, and yes, this calzone was amazing. It had. Um, I didn't make the dough because I looked and the yeast that I had had expired. So I was like, crap, because I'm not a baker. I don't do that kind of stuff at home. Um, so I just bought a fresh dough um, and I made a um, sauce with uh, sun-dried tomatoes um, and fresh tomatoes and a lot of olive oil and garlic. Um, I had a cup of cola, had some pickled banana peppers, some fresh mozzarella that I Where'd you get the banana peppers? Oh, just like pickled out of a jar. Like, yeah. Nothing I didn't know if you, not I didn't know if you pickled them yourself. No, no, no. Or <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, that was it. It was like a capicola. Capicola. Uh, capicola. <laughs> uh, banana pepper and mozzarella calzone that was That sounds amazing. Pretty ridiculous. The technique still needs a little bit of work, but it was pretty good. Um, second one goes to my theory that, like, the best food isn't always, like, good food. Sometimes the best food is crap food. Yes. Um, sometimes the best food is like really questionable food. Yes. Um, because it depends on like time and place and all that kind of stuff too. Um, so as we said, like I have kids, I have a family. Um, so hanging out with them is important um, to me. We went to Carowinds the other day. Um, I got some chicken fingers uh, and fries and like their barbecue sauce is pretty good. And we were sitting there and I got the kids like snuggling into me and we're watching like this jazz band play and eating chicken fingers. And I was like, this is a crap meal, but it was like, so like at that time, exactly it was, like, what you so wanted, what I wanted. It was like, yeah. special and you're with your family, uh, with my family and stuff. And like, you know, sometimes crappy frozen chicken fingers from Carowinds can be the best thing you ate. It's so week, true. You know? Like so. I hate when people like will comment on our posts and be like, wow, like Michelin star to this. <laughs> and I'm right. like, you know, it's like. No Can't one... eat at a Michelin star restaurant every day. <laughs> no. no. And like you said, like just because it's not fancy doesn't mean it's not great. And just right. because it's not even good quality doesn't mean it's not great too. Right. Like you said, like frozen chicken nuggets and fries, like that can that taste can damn the, good. Yeah, it can be good <laughs> if it's in the right setting, Yeah, you know? right. And fried. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. So there's my like lowbrow, like the food snobs is like purists and trailer. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah. And we'll say. Chicken tenders at Carowinds. I'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. I would, I I wouldn't go on that. Twitter for like two weeks after this. Oh, yeah. I've been on Twitter for like two years. So that's okay. <laughs> like, so you're safe. All good. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Um, well, okay. So the best thing I had last night at Stoke, the pork belly sticky rice. Yeah. Mm. That, that was, was a stunner. That was too. so. That was like an ugly, delicious looking thing. Like it wasn't yeah. the best looking yes. thing, but it was so. I don't know. Tasty. I thought it was like it so was beautiful. So, I disagree. But like we had just had the shrimp. Um, yeah, like the toast is more like and that toast was pretty, like the like you know that was super beautiful. And then you bring out this pork belly, and I love pork belly. And it was pork belly. You had the sticky rice. You had the exo sauce. You had, was it bacon on top? What was the... That was part of the exo. Was, there's some country ham that's like fried and then um, yeah. folded into that sauce. And it was just so. like... It so was like good. southern meets Asian in the perfect way. And it was... Uh, I'm upset that I had, we were like pacing ourselves because you brought us like a million things. Yeah. But that was... I'm going <laughs> to go back and order one of those like this week. I'll be there. Just it was randomly so getting one. That it was, was so, so good. That was one of my favorites, too. I really like the... Well, do we want to say something else? Sorry. Um, well, should we mention something from Europe, or are we going to do that in another pod? No. That, that was like a full week ago. Like a week ago, this time we were on the plane, and you were throwing up, which we don't have to talk about, but... 
Well, I do want to mention, because <laughs> we probably won't mention this, because we might talk about the Michelin star places, but we went to this Indian place in London called Dishoom. Yeah, and it's a chain. It's a small there. chain. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, like, the British Empire included India, and they have a lot of Indian influence in London. And you just can't get Indian food like this in America. Like, it was so good. And they had an amazing cocktail menu, and it was just, like, a cool... The menu was, like, 100 pages long. Like, it was, like, you couldn't even read the whole thing. And they were just bringing out stuff, and it was so tasty. It was really good. It made us, like, sad that there's not a... We don't think there's really an excellent Indian place here. Yeah. We, yeah. We're not, we're not big not. fans it, of copper, Yeah, um, and our friend... So I went with my friend who actually went to UNCC and we're buddies and he's like developed a little British accent. Big he's like, one. And he's like, you might, <laughs> we might have to queue <laughs> at the Dishoom. And I was like, okay, we're ready to, we're ready to queue. And we and had to wait like 45 minutes. Totally worth the queue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good there. Yeah. Nice. What's the best thing you ate? Best thing I ate. So you what? I'm going to pander? Yes, and. Yes, and. Yeah, you're definitely right. going to pander. Yeah, well, that's the best thing I ate this week. He always gets on me, but it's truly the best thing I ate. So, um, but it, I have a tie. So, you there, you have a dessert on special. Um, no, no, he's like working on it. It's is not is even, it actually going to go on the menu? I'm not no. sure. We've got like he another three weeks or so of strawberries, maybe. And it was so on special. It was special. Tell Jason I was right. Thank it was you. on special last okay. night. <laughs> for everyone, not for just everyone. us. Okay. The lamb was just... I'd like to think he made it just for us. It was just for us. But made it just for you, Jason. Yeah, and that was <laughs> really special. But um, based on your grandmother's biscuit recipe, so a white chocolate biscuit with a buttermilk ice cream and some mm. pink peppercorns, which like you could actually taste, yeah, which that, I love, that, was... that you were generous with the pink peppercorns yeah. and, like, the, and the strawberry and then the juice of the strawberry on the bottom, mm. like... Just, you know, another level strawberry shortcake. That was delicious. Um, And then, I mean, I got to go with the lamb. I feel like honored that we got to try it. And I could tell that a lot of love went into it, cooked perfectly. And just every bite had like, I mean, just the different texture elements there um, with the peas and the peanuts and the the goat cheese sauce. And it was just It's a good representation of Charlotte. Yeah, like it's southern, but not like in your face. Like a little barbecue and the... Um, Elevated Southern. Like this. You're going to go make us proud hey. up there. Yeah. Look at look how much you've learn. learned. <laughs> but yeah, that was the best thing I had. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us. Yeah, this was Jeff awesome. Cool. We'll have We're you honored. back. We're honored that Yay. you spent your time with us. I was going to ask you, though, does your wife always want you to cook? That was my last question. Um, she likes it when I cook. She's like, yeah. she, it's not it. like, a, like, <laughs> hey, can you cook tonight, please? It's, but she is, when I do have a, like a night off, and I'm like, I'm gonna. What are we making for dinner? And you're in she's the mood. Like, I don't, she, yeah, she's yeah. like, I don't know. Just make something. I'll make something. And it's, you know, it's cool. I bet she gets excited yeah, she gets for excited. that. Yeah. And your kids, like, do they appreciate like the fact that dad's a really good uh, cook yet, or because since they're still so limited? So and, my son does. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that Ellie really yeah. does. She she loves the donut, so she does like the donut. Okay. So she's. I always ask me to bring home a donut. Like the big one? The big one. Like, and yeah. will they just like tear into yeah, it at the counter? Everyone. It. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> But no, Luke it's is Luke is very aware of what I do for a living and Aww. tells people he wants to be a chef. And I'm like, you don't want to be a chef. He'll come be <laughs> you, your Sue one day. You'll yeah, be ready right, to retire right. and he's yeah. going to come join you. I'll do the Paul Verica thing with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Tell us where we can find you on the interwebs. Sure. So, if you want people to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Instagram as Chef C. Coleman. Um, Stoke is Stoke Charlotte. Uh, and then Facebook 
Stoke Charlotte, and I'm just Chris Colton on Facebook. And go to Stoke and just... It's special right. Every, that we honestly, have it. everything's on the menu. Like last time we had the Brussels sprouts; those were amazing. Oh, we didn't even talk about those with the golden raisins. I've never seen that together; yeah. those things, and it was so like what I like too Middle is, Eastern. Yeah, you like you have a lot of like that's something you would see in a Middle Eastern dish, like the raisins and stuff. And, well, and when you did the goat right at the the goat, the um, meat and potatoes, the meat and potatoes like Middle you're really Eastern, good at those Middle Eastern, Eastern yeah. flavors. And yeah. the like the pork belly was yeah. Asian. Like you, you you mix very well the kind of international flavors, but make them a Stoke and Southern. And I like that. Yeah. Thank you. So go to Stoke, go to, go to Stoke the director, go stay at the Marriott for a staycation. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do it. Especially, Do it it's the safest place to be during a riot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll even recreate the riot if you want to. Yeah. If you want Jason us to like walk around there. pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. Anything for money. All right. Everyone have a great week and we'll see you next week. Do we have someone on the pod next week? We do. We have top secret. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start a riot.